Mom, I'm doing Frog Pod. All right, welcome to another episode of the Frog Pod Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Flanagan, alongside my awesome co-host, Mr. Alan Taylor. And Alan, last week we said TCU was going to win two games. They didn't win either. They went on the road to Stillwater and to Manhattan, and the Frogs left with two pretty tough losses at the hands of the Cowboys of Oklahoma State and the Wildcats of Kansas State. And honestly, Alan, the vibe shift now is TCU is in must-win mode for a lot of different reasons. We'll talk about that in this episode. We got the recap both those games the week ahead. The Frogs play Baylor at home and Iowa State on the road. And then we also need to talk about what's the rest of the season looking like. So as we dive into that, Alan, let's start with the Oklahoma State game in Stillwater. This was a game that TCU was underdogs in. We knew what we were getting into. We know the type of team at Oklahoma State is one of, if not the best defensive teams in the Big 12. But what what did you see from the Frogs last Saturday? I mean, I saw a team that clearly was sort of shell-shocked coming off the bus. It's, it's been talked about a lot, the travel issues that the team had getting up to Stillwater. They didn't get in until really late Friday night. They weren't able to get a shoot-around in. They basically just showed up to the arena to go play the game with zero preparation like you normally would on a weekend. And it showed. OK State jumped out to a quick 12-0 lead uh, just in the first three minutes of the game and really never looked back. But in the second half, TC battled all the way back, found a lead late, only to squander it, and OSU just ran away at the end of the game with a six-point win. It was a game where you obviously – TCU didn't have Eddie Lampkin. They didn't have Mike Miles, and they still performed decently well for a team going to an NCAA-caliber team on the road. But, Alan, it, was, it just felt like for a while that this team just – didn't piece it together long enough to actually win. As soon as they would come back, you know, the momentum would be quickly taken away from them. Caleb Boone, who is, I think, one of the most underrated players in the Big 12, had a phenomenal game, scoring 25 points, and the Frogs just had no answer. And I think this was a game, truthfully, where you didn't need Mike Miles to win, but the presence of a fully healthy Eddie Lampkin definitely uh, hurt the Frogs, especially in the interior, because after Xavier Cork, we were really able to see much out of Suleiman Dumia for the Frogs to get a win. Yeah, and you're talking about we were playing Dumia in the last five minutes of crunch time in that game, and he tried to hold his own all, as well as he could, but at the end of the day, you get a more polished player like Caleb Boone. OK State continuously just going to him and finding two easy points every time down. It's really hard to win games when they're losing you out in that fashion. Now, with that being said, the Frogs knew they had a game against a very good Kansas State team in the octagon of doom. And the Frogs, that game was in a different type of frustration. K-State's not an easy place to win. There's no easy place to win in the Big 12. But, Alan, this game was even in ways more frustrating because it seemed like the Frogs, again, just weren't there 100% mentally in this game. Uh, what, What did you see from the Frogs in Manhattan? I mean, I saw a team that was 
they weren't even able to make shots because they were able to take so few shots. TCU for the game turned the ball over 20 times. No, 17 times, pardon me. And this is really hard to find a rhythm when you're struggling to even get looks and any sort of shots. More than that, a lot of the shots we were taking were uncontested threes taken by guys that aren't our best shooters. When you talk about Micah Peavy and Rondell Walker both taking four, five threes, it's not a recipe for success for this team. And, you know, they got to figure it out going forward because you got to be able to score points to win games. Exactly. We see teams like Tennessee struggle when it comes to not being able to effectively and consistently get the ball in the basket and go on scoring droughts. But Alan, I said a lot of times that the Kansas State game to me felt a lot like the team from last year where the passing wasn't there. It wasn't on the level that we needed in order to win at a high level. And TCU has done so well this year with limiting turnovers and passing and valuing the basketball. I think that's the biggest plus that this team has taken away from last season and that we're making our free throws. This was not that game for TCU, but even more about that, Eddie Lampkin returned in this game and he really wasn't that big of a factor. TCU was out rebounded by 12, something that we haven't seen all year. They shot from the field pretty well. K-State only shot 2% better, but from three point K-State doubled TCU's three point percentage. And we even saw uh, Marquise Noel pull up from basically half court and spank it three. That was more than just a dagger, but just an emphasis on the night that TCU had. Alan, this K-State team for the second year in a row has embarrassed the Frogs. What type of mentality, what type of message does Jamie Dixon need to tell the Frogs before this last stretch of the Big 12 race? We got to finish better. When you talk about Kansas, that Kansas State game, yeah, you lost by 21. But at the same time, coming out of that last media timeout, we were only down by six points. We were very much in that game and just let it completely slip away in case they just scored at will, leading to them running away with the game. And we can't let that be the story of this season. We got out of the way when our back's against the wall and we're dealing with some adversity to battle our way back, put ourselves in a position to get ready to go play in these big games coming up. Because there's a lot of really real opportunities for this team to get right really quick. Exactly. Like you said, Alan, there's a lot of opportunities for this day, for this team to get right. And that starts this Saturday against Baylor. And I've said it before, uh, behind the scenes, TCU Baylor is quietly one of the best rivalries in college basketball. Now we've seen a lot of high level players come in through this rivalry. Desmond Bain, Ken Rich Williams, RJ Nemhard. That's just from the TCU side. We're talking about Baylor, how many throws they put in the league that have been a part of this rivalry and TCU versus Baylor for the most part, especially in Fort Worth is always a great game. So I'm respecting that on Saturday, but when you look at the rest of the season and what the Frogs have, you still need to play Iowa State on the road. That's coming on Wednesday. Like I said, Baylor on Saturday. You still got to play Kansas. Big Monday, that's at home. You still have Texas. You still have to play Tech again. You have opportunities to right the ship. This season is not over. You're only two games out of the conference. Right now, TCU's odds to win the Big 12 are plus 4,500. And for a team that still has to play Iowa State, Baylor, Kansas, and Texas – all those except for one being at home, this team still has championship aspirations. But not only do you need to get a fully healthy Mike Miles back, the rest of the team needs to find themselves mentally at this point because 
it, it, what's going to happen is in March, if you want to make a deep run, Mike Miles is not going to be able to be vintage Mike Miles every game. There's foul trouble. Who knows if there's a slight injury or anything of that sort. So you got to be able to play without Mike. And we saw them do it well against West Virginia, but it can't just be a one-time thing. You got to be able to consistently do it, Alan. Yeah, no, you're right. It just can't be a situation where we're relying on Mike Miles to give you 40 elite-level minutes in a game. We have enough really good players on this team to be able to withstand the spurts when we need to get Miles rest when you talk about big games especially. And yeah, when we don't have Miles at all, it's going to be tough to win games when your best players aren't playing. But we got to start finding a way to at least look the part when he's not on the court. And that's just a major issue with us right now. And it really starts on just finding those good shots that you want to be taking. And hopefully they can do that whether or not they have Miles on Saturday. Exactly. Alan, this this Baylor game is huge. We're going to break it down. We're not going to give any more predictions after last week. We both went 0 for 2, so we're not going to get in, in the nature of it. But th- this game is going to be huge. This is probably the, this is the first true sellout we're going to see from TCU uh, in the school mire. This is the first big game uh, for the students, and there's not going to be any weather that's going to hinder it. Uh, as far as we know, there is plans for those of you who might not know yet for a tailgate inside of the arena for students in the practice facility that is yet to be announced. So if you listen to the frog pod, there's some news for you. It's in the works has not been officially announced, but it's looking like it's going to happen. Uh, uh, Recently yesterday, uh, TCU administration signed off on it, but this game is huge for a lot of reasons. Mike miles goes to the doctor tomorrow as we record on a Thursday, Friday, February 10th. Then we'll know regardless of Mike miles plays, this Baylor team is finally fully healthy. Every day, John is back. When you look at this Baylor team, Alan, what do you see from Scott Drew and the Bears? I see an elite level offensive team with arguably the the best backcourt, best backcourt in terms of depth in the entire country. And they gave us Fitz and Waco. When you talk about LJ Cryer, Adam Flagler, and Keontae George, they are all elite level guards. Those three guys against us in the first game totaled 43 points, and they're only getting better as the season's worn on. Keontae George is a guy who is potentially a first-round draft pick in the NBA. He can basically score at all three levels, and it is an incredible distributor of the ball at times. He, But I would say one thing about George is he struggles with the shot selection at points in time and just seems to like any shot that where he can just see the rim where he's shooting. And... I think we got to use our length to an advantage with that and try to force him into taking uncomfortable shots because you know he's going to shoot them. Exactly. I mean, like this this Baylor team, Scott Drew has slowly be created a truly a juggernaut in college basketball. I mean, last night versus uh, they, I believe they were going up against. Help me jog my memory, Alan. Was it Oklahoma? They were going up against Oklahoma last yeah. night. Yeah, yeah, they played OU in Waco Wednesday. Yes. So last night, Wednesday, when they went up against OU, you just saw a team that, you know, has so many ways that can beat you. And Oklahoma kept it close. Like I said earlier, when TCU ran Oklahoma, that was a very good Oklahoma team. And they kept it close as much as they can. But this Baylor team is just full of so many guys that can score. It can play at an elite level. And let's not forget, they have Langston Love, who I believe had 15 plus last night. So and he comes off the bench for them. So this Baylor team is deep and loaded, but Alan, so is this TCU team. And top to bottom, this TCU team is more experienced than the Baylor team. I mean, they 
this this Baylor team has not had Keontae George and Lacey Love have not came to the Skullmire before. And not saying that this is an environment that will intimidate them, but it's still different when you're playing that rivalry game on the road for the first time. So, like you said, TC's got to make Baylor uncomfortable early. Hopefully, Mike and Eddie are at 100 percent because this is a game that TCU can win if they play at the level they've been accustomed to playing at. Yeah, no, definitely TCU can win this game. And if they were able to find a way to win, that would be the first time that we've swept Baylor in basketball since we joined the Big 12, which would be a pretty incredible feat to have, to say the least. I will say one thing about this matchup, though, is it's really important for us to just stay within the game. As you talked about, it's going to be an incredible atmosphere at Schollmeyer. The place is going to be popping. It's an afternoon game, so it's, there's going to be a lot of buildup just in the few hours going in. We can't get too ahead of ourselves. We've seen this group at times press a little bit too much early in the game, force the action, and then fall behind early. This team has grown up a lot, and I really think this is a moment for us to embrace the atmosphere, use it to our advantage, and allow the momentum to carry us not through just the first couple minutes, but the entire 40. I agree with you, Alan. But you mentioned how this group kind of lets the moment get too much to themselves. Last year, we saw it versus Texas and versus K-State where the, the team almost didn't know how to handle that kind of level of hostility and energy on their side. They're so used to that kind of environment being against them. And I truly feel like now they've learned how to play into the crowd being with you and control and letting the con- crowd control the other team as opposed to controlling you because – you know how a crowd control a team in college basketball and get in the heads of the players, both in a positive way and a negative way. This is a game where the players just need to block everything else out and let the game come to them and not let the moment be get too big. Because like I've said, they went in the fog Allen and gave Bill self his worst loss in reality, second worst loss, but I, it was the COVID year technically. So this is the, that was the worst loss they were given Bill self in his career if you can handle it in the fog, you can handle it pretty much anywhere else. So I'm very interested to see how the guys bounce back. There's going to be a lot of eyeballs on them. In my opinion, this is the best game of the college basketball weekend. You know, game day is going to uh, Alabama Auburn, but Auburn has since fallen off since that announcement. I thought that we should have gotten it, but two weeks their own. Um, so this is one of those games, Alan. We're not going to predict it, but it's one of those games you got to watch out for. But we'll go on to the next game of the week for TCU, which is at Iowa State, Hilton Coliseum. Iowa State's undefeated, Alan. When you look at this Iowa State team, who's kind of shocked a lot of not only the Big 12, but America, what's this Iowa State team like? I see a really inconsistent group. It's an Iowa State team that when they're playing their best, they're really effective scoring at all three levels. They have a, a guard in Tyree Lipsy that can really just has dominant mid-range game as an incredible distributor to guys on the wings and Caleb Grill and, and the uh, the wing Kausher, Gabe Kausher, mm-hmm. who's a shooter for Iowa. And they have a really good big guy, transfer from St. Bonaventure, O.C. Uh, Osunyi, who is a really good player with his back to the basket and a really good physical presence on defense. But what they lack is depth. They don't go very deep. They have a couple guys on their bench that are threats, but nobody liked their starting five. So I see a team that, you know, probably realizes that last year at Hilton Coliseum, TCU held Iowa State to one of their worst offensive showings ever with Iowa State only scoring, I think, 45 points. And they probably want to make a statement and try to get a sweep on us, whereas we're playing in a revenge spot, trying to get revenge for Gabe Kausher's buzzer being shot against us in early January. So it's going to be a really interesting matchup when you talk about next Tuesday, especially 
especially given that Iowa State's playing the red-hot Oklahoma State Cowboys Saturday, and we have the big one against Baylor. Yeah, when I mean, you look at this one, Iowa State has back-to-back home games. They haven't lost a game at home this year. Judging by the Big 12 how it's going, Alan, it's, if a team can go undefeated at home, that's going to be huge. I personally think that they're going to fall at one point this week. We'll see if that's the Frogs or the Cowboys. Hopefully it's the Frogs. But, you know, this is uh, this is a point in the season for TCU where if you want to be the team – you, you thought you were going to be before a season. Now it's time to right the ship. I mean, regardless of what happens, this team is still going to be in the tournament. They're still going to be a team that I think no matter where they get seated can make it to the second weekend and make a deeper run in March. But, you know, you, it, it starts before then. You can't wait until March to get hot. Uh, obviously, you can. But if, if this team needs to find a way to get right, we got to find that win where we look at it at the end of the season, like that is where it all turned around. Because as of right now, the Frogs have not been looking great, Alan. I mean, we've lost, what, six of our last 10? So the ship has to get right soon because if you want to have a shot at the conference championship and avoid a play-in game potentially in Kansas City, having to win four games in four days, yeah, you got to get going because it's not out of the reach just yet. But, you know, you're losing time here for sure. Yeah, and as you mentioned, that playing game is a very real thing when you talk about the ability to win the Big 12 tournament. Everybody sort of talks about how strong the league is, and having to play that extra game on the first day is just terrible from a physical conditioning standpoint of having to play those 40 extra minutes, in theory, if you can even win that game. So definitely a very important factor for this group going forward of just trying to do as well as they can to make sure they jump ahead of Oklahoma State. I will say one thing with that, though, is – if we win on Saturday, we have the season tiebreak on Baylor. That could t- turn out to be massive if we were in a tiebreak against Baylor or Baylor was included in a multiple-team tiebreak, including us at the end of the season in the league. So this game on Saturday has a lot of really big implications that we'll see play out over the next couple months. It, it sure is, Alan. This is the best conference in college basketball. It's not even close. This is one that might be, if not the best single season a conference has had in our lifetime. I mean, the, every single team in the Big 12 is ranked in the top 75 of the net rankings. No other conference even close to that. Every other conference has at least one team ranked 187th or higher. So that alone just lets you know that this is a league that's tough, and I'm very excited to see how the, how teams play down the stretch, and I'm very excited for the conference tournament in Kansas City. It's going to be a great, great environment because truthfully – any team in Kansas City can win. I mean, the only one that's going to have to probably win it all is Tech and Oklahoma. Uh, we'll see how that turns out. But, I mean, if you're Tech or Oklahoma, you go to any other conference, you're looking at being a top half for sure. So, very excited for this one. Anything else, Alan? Nothing else for me. Just go Frogs. All right. Let's thank everyone involved. Producer Schlossnagel is uh, he had a slight issue with his apartment today. Uh, He is moving into his new place in Nashville and a water pipe burst. So send your prayers out to him as he navigates his uh, new SeaWorld apartment down in Nashville. Let's thank Owen Graham, our graphics designer, Jameson Mullen, our director of content, Nicholas Capasso, our super fan. Thank you all for listening to this frog pod. Please like and subscribe, share with all your friends, follow us on social media. We think we do a good job. Uh, But for me and Mr. Taylor, thank you all. Make every day your best day and go Frogs.